Hello and welcome everybody to High Roll Radio episode number 14. My name is Nick Gangley DePasquale. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by my lovely constant co-host, Spicy Appies. Take me to dinner first. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. I I will say. Oh, sorry, what? I was going to say you let the bit die. You've been on a kick of doing the old... what was it? I don't even remember. Dude, it's been too long. It's been too long since we've done this show. See, was it was it Nick Appy's D Pasquale? Was what I was yeah. saying? Well, was it? I, I don't even like remember. That? Our our listeners know. will know better than us. Yeah, I was gonna say I missed like the hello, hello, hello from from um, Triforce Tactics. The days of That's old. Like, like, I'm nostalgic. I know uh, the, the days of yore. Yeah, <laughs> the old days. Dude, Triforce Tactics yeah. was. Such a good podcast. I it, it is interesting. I feel like because when I watched Triforce Tactics, it was like very clear. I don't know if we like talked about this. We might have, but like it was very clear when you watched it that you were like kind of the one <laughs> keeping the keeping the ship together. Like it felt a little bit more like you were uh, like you know coming up with all the things to talk about, or you were like steering conversation and things. And uh, like I imagine, actually, is a little bit different. Where now you're like the co-host, right? You're not, you don't have to do as much of the prep work. Yeah. Well, I don't think I was, I can't really take a lot of credit for the prep work. Cause I think like, like Mateo and, and Riley did and Kevin as well, just did a lot of the prep work. And I, I would put, choose some ideas out, but then I was, I was definitely the one who like steered conversation, which it, it, I will say it is way more comfortable for me as like a human being to be in this situation than like the one having to steer conversation. Cause I just, I'm, I'm socially awkward and I, stream on Twitch and it's that that's they're mutually non they're they're a thing that's the one comes to the other maybe aren't we all though right <laughs> aren't we all well anyway real quick um before we get too too far I want to talk just a little bit but give it the format of the show for anyone who's watching man it's actually it's been so long since we've done this it feels like a little weird actually but this is a live TFT call-in yes. show uh where you the viewer are just as much a part of the show as we are and what I mean by that is that if you actually have something you want to talk about you can call in live on the show all you have to do is go in the Twitch chat right now put exclamation point discord in the chat I'll actually put put that command in there right now. Uh, if you get that link, oh, actually the Nightbot thing isn't working. I'll fix that in a second. When you get that link, you go into my personal Discord. On the left-hand side, you will see a Submit Takes channel. Go and put your hot take, your question, your discussion point. We, we moved away a couple episodes ago from like the whole hot takes into more of like discussion. If you guys just have something you want to talk about, bring it up and then we will uh, we'll talk all about it on the show with you. Um, so make sure you go into the submit takes channel, give your take there and then go into the waiting room, mute yourself, but don't deafen. And if we like your take, I will let you know. And then we will bring you onto the show when we are in that section. Um, yes. so I will fix the Nightbot thing, but real quick Appies, why don't you just talk a little bit about what you've been doing outside of TFT recently? How was your weekend? You've been watching any like movies or TV or anything? Dude, I've been doing everything. I I've been, we're going to talk about, um, like, all of set nine so far and like what's been going on and stuff. But I will say a lot of that for me, has just been touching grass. I've been, I've been going outside. I've been not meeting new people, but <laughs> talking to people I know, which is good. That's <laughs> like a good. Big change of pace. Um, I'm playing a lot of magic. The Lord of the Rings set came out the other week. Oh my God. Oh, I, I played Rings some the gathering set. I played some commander recently, actually. Wait, did you actually? 
Yeah, yeah. It was at oh, my. Uh, if you, I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing a deck to two C four. Oh, oh, I'm down. I, dude, I suck at magic though. I don't actually know exactly what's going on. I have this deck. Um, I didn't even play with him. I was at my friend's house and he he had a deck that because he had just bought a bunch of stuff for the Lord of the Rings. But I, the deck I have is one of the pre-con commander decks. It's a white one. I don't know if that means anything to you, but like. I get is to make a bunch one? of birds. No, it's not Lord of the Rings. Oh. It's an older one. I get to make oh, a bunch okay. of birds. I have this card where I can summon oh. Pegasi for every life point that I have. So my dream is to try and summon 40 Pegasi. <laughs> and I did it one time and then someone just board wiped it instantly. Oh, that that's yeah, that's a commander classic. Wait, that's awesome. Okay, wait. I'm gonna drag you into playing some at uh at at, at TC4, which you know the date is undisclosed. Surely. Undisclosed, yes. We'll we'll talk a little bit about TC4 a little bit later. Actually, I guess there's not really too much to talk about because we haven't made any official announcements. What we can say is that it is happening, and it's gonna be sick. Um, how sick oh, yeah. is yet to be decided, but it'll be sick. sick. That I promise. Yeah. You know what? You know what I just yeah, watched I actually. Um, just because you you were saying, I know you've have seen. Uh, you you told told me earlier that you like went to the movies and stuff. I just watched the Mario Brothers movie for the first time. Oh, so that was like in it. theaters. Uh, it was really fun. My I, I was with my brother in law and he wanted to watch it. And on Amazon Prime, if you don't um, if you don't do like the two day shipping, you get like a dollar credit and they stack. So we had like a oh. ton of credit. So I well, we just like bought it on Amazon Prime. It was like 10 bucks <laughs> because we had the credits or whatever. So I now I own the Mario Brothers movie. If anyone wants to watch it, but I think um, it's already viable. I know. Right. That was surprising. I thought it was like still in theater. So then he was like, do you want to watch it? Yeah. And I thought he meant like, do you want to go to the movies? No, it was fun. Did you did you watch it? I did. I went with uh, with Miss Appies and her younger sister and I, I came out like Hell yeah, Mario movie. This happened is like, okay, Mario movie. And her sister was like, that sucked. <laughs> so it was, it was a whole range of emotion. I um, mean, the, the, the thing is like. High school. Oh, I mean, that's, that's the reaction. Yeah, I think it, it matters a little bit. Like, what are you watching that for? Like, I'm watching that to, to watch a movie about Mario. Like, I don't really care about much else outside of that you know like i just want to see the the references and the easter eggs and i want to see i'm just there for the diddy kong cameo (laughs) (laughs) and it was like a like a star-studded cast right it was like every like big actor and actress doing all the voices of these nintendo characters it was pretty cool no i enjoyed that i also saw the first spider-man like the multiverse the, but Wait, like the Tom Holland ones or the no 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 the, the, the animated ones. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Spider Verse ones, right? The Spider Verse ones. Yeah, I just Wait, saw the you, first one. The first one, not the second one. Not the second one. The first one's on Netflix. Oh. And Jess, my wife and I, we wanted to go to the movies, and she was like, "I don't think I'm gonna like that movie. Like, I'm not really like into cartoons. Like, I don't want to watch a lot of animated stuff." And so we didn't see it, but then someone's like, you should watch the first one for free on our, you know, first one on Netflix. And we yes. loved it. That movie was dope. The second one blows it out of the water too. Really? I, I, I swear, yeah. The second one is the first one's super good. The second one is like 10 times better. Okay. You, like it, you got really? it. It is so, I don't care about Spider-Man at all. And that was my favorite movie I've watched in the last 10 years. That, that movie is insane. Jeez. Okay. Some high praise. No Considering you watched the yeah. Genesis doc that I made, right? Or the Soju doc, which I'm, I imagine. I mean, that's not a movie. That's art. 
Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Anyway, we've talked a little bit about what we've been doing. Let's get into kind of, I guess, the news of what's been going on TFT. The main thing is since we last had our episode of uh, our last episode of Hyrule Radio, Set 9 is officially out now. Yes. So that's been, I mean, it's pretty big news. It's been going. There's, There's been like a lot of... I feel like it's been quite the roller coaster. We were talking about we we're talking about this before the, the podcast, but I, I thought it had been like two months the set came out. And then like, I, I don't know about that. And it's literally not even been a month. <laughs> Hasn't even been There's a month. been so much happening though that it feels it, it feels like it's been so long since set nine came out. Well um we can we can start at the beginning, I guess, if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Let's kind of just break it down, I guess, patch. I mean, there's technically we're only on the second patch, right? Because we had the long patch yeah, yeah, yeah. and multiple V patches. <laughs> um so yeah, let's start, I guess, with the the first patch, which I'm gonna I mean, I'm just kinda going off memory, right? Which is like Piltover is really strong, lots of Zeri. Yes. Uh Bastion oh. was kind of found out towards the end. For the it most was- what did you think? So I, I felt like it was actually not that bad, to be honest. I think the consensus was that it was like the best first patch ever um, of a set, which I feel like we say that literally every set, like any point. I remember at Summit, everyone being like, holy crap, this is the best first patch known to man. Do we and say it, like, it every time, ready? though? Because remember set seven's I, launch? At least the last two times. Okay, yeah. yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last two times, they've been getting a lot better at making yes. set launches more balanced. Because um, it was a, this was a not, it was only a 2 week PBE cycle, right? It wasn't a 3 week PBE cycle, like set 8.5, if I Yeah, I think you're correctly. correct. That sounds right to um, me. Yeah. But basically, the so it started with the, um like the box box bootcamp was happening, and the meta for that entire thing was basically just, if you hit Piltover on 2-1, you win the game, you just play Zeri. If you don't hold on 2-1, you can still play Zeri, and it's okay. Uh, you can play Noxus, you can play like Yasuo, Kaisa stuff, you can play Void, like, you can play pretty much everything. Like it, it wasn't super balanced in that. Like, yeah. You don't click Azir. Yeah, that, that was like the only thing. So broken. Like it was. I yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. I remember Azir really not being super viable. Until the end of it, actually, right? Was it, was Azir it? Azir Lux did, came up towards the end of it. Did, did people figure out the Azir Lux thing at the end of that patch? Because I, I just remember it starting with yeah, the, the next patch. Was, I thought it was right before the because at the end of the patch, people discovered Kale Bastion, and I'm pretty sure that was um, like like Azir became popular like right before Kale Bastion was popular and it got overshadowed at the end of the last patch because like literally two days before the patch ended, um, like like double Rageblade backliner plus yeah. his Bastion with three lockets was discovered, and that was like everywhere for two. It was the most obnoxious two days of my life. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty rough. That was pretty rough at first. I will say, um, kind of just talking about like the whole because I see someone, I see Jake in chat saying Azir got good at the end once at the end once people dropped vertical Sharima. I think Sharima is actually a pretty interesting trait that they uh, they brought into the set only because. It's one of those traits that I think makes a lot of sense when you kind of stop to think about how it works. But it is kind of funny, like having seen how it all functions now that like people were trying to play like five Sharima on seven or like just like random things that like really, really don't work with how we're playing it right now. And I think a large part of that, too, with like people kind of figuring out like the Sharima spat was like such a bait for for, like the majority of of positions. Um, It is pretty cool. Like, I think even within patches, I think people have actually found 
a, there's been a lot of growth within an individual path where uh, a patch where people are learning optimizations that do shift the meta, which I think is actually kind of uh, it brings us to like where we were literally yesterday. But I, I, before we talk about like the Ezreal patch and like the really narrow lines and all that, we have to talk about the small itty, itty bitty patch that existed for about a day and a half, which was the Draven patch. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, right. God, I literally put that out of my mind. What yep. the hell? I do oh, not God. think there has ever been a period of time in TFT that has felt as insane as the Draven patch. It was a fever dream. It was, I am, um, so I had to qualify for, like, that That was the beginning of, so the Bop Bop Bootcamp ended as Draven patch became, like, that came online. And I was, uh, I had to get a lot of LP for the snapshot that weekend. And I played so many games on the Draven patch. And I, I think I just shed years of my life. <laughs> Like actually, like, like a very, a very tangible amount of my life was just shaved off by Draven. That was uh, I that, played that, like it was so fun unless you cared about climbing, and that was the least fun thing of all. Dude, I I I didn't think it was fun at all. I, I'm not gonna lie. Actually, I thought it was so bad. <laughs> I thought it was so not fun. <laughs> It's like, you know what it felt like? I went seventh you, with one three twice. <laughs> you know the villain in The Incredibles where he's like, he wants to make everybody a superhero and he's like, and if everybody's super, then no one is. That's what it was. That was the Draven patch. Oh, it's so bad because it no, took the yeah, spectacle was, uh, out of these really cool moments. That's how I felt. Like it actually just ruined three star four costs. It wasn't even fun. It was expected that at least a handful of people are getting a few different three star four costs on their board. Every single game. So people who don't know what the Dragon Patch was. Yeah, good call. There was this interaction between, honestly, between all three Draven Augments where you basically just have like hundreds of gold, basically more than you should have had over the course of the game. All right, so... Basically, the first Draven Augment would, would reward you for killing units. You get gold for killing units. Second one just gave you a bunch of money, and the third one gave you a bunch of free rerolls. And so what you do is you everyone would take the first one. If you if you basically would if you won the lottery by having a strong board on two one, you would just win the game pretty much for free because you just kill more units than everyone else and make more money than everyone else. And it could drop. It also could drop like components in in uh, uh, Nico's health. What's Nico's health called now? I don't even remember. Uh, champion champion duplicator. That's what it's called. Champion. Du yes. Anyways, the Draven patch. It was basically it was just very degen. You you did so much money and you would just like you see people. It was very so the meta was to go seven as literally on three two. You just be level seven zero gold to kill as many units as possible, make more money off of the Draven augment, and then you would just make all your money back from the three two hero or from the three two augment, and then you would uh what's the three two hero augment? Oh god. And then um on stage four, everyone would just go eight and then get a bunch of free rolls, two-star all their four costs, and then you just streak it out. And if you, and then you just start rolling for your five, <laughs> for your three-star four costs uh, in the rest of the game. And if you played something uncontested, you just you just go for it, uh, which is how I went seven with Gwen three twice, because I just hit on one HP, and then I died to like Aphelios three, Sedge three, or like Larry <laughs> three, Urgot three twice. So gross. Yeah, and it, and it was like people aren't even trying to make econ or anything in the early game. It's just like power leveling because the idea yep. is that you're making your econ back from 
spoils of war instead so yeah definitely uh pretty degenerate i don't know what's it yeah no it's definitely degenerate it's like degenerate in a different way though right it's like it was the i don't least know tft tft's ever been i agree with that that is a great description of the patch yeah i was not a huge fan and obviously neither was riot they patched it right away about like a day and a half later maybe two days later they were on top of it even going into their break um so shout out to all the devs for working hard on that because i know that's the thing about tft it's like during that day but they did not deserve it they they were on it so quickly they always are too they always are and it's hard to know like tft there are so many variables all you know um interacting with each other at once that's like the hard part i've heard i've heard more talk about this like when you're talking about balance in league of legend it's like there are all these different champions but there's only 10 at a time that are playing right like same thing like you look at smash there's dozens and dozens of characters in smash ultimate but only two playing at a time but like with tft every single part of the game is interacting with each other all the time and you have endless combinations of things that you just don't realize um how they're going to affect each other that. yeah that's crazy that's crazy to think about compared to most games yep it is an impossible task uh and you know what the tft dev team's not always going to get it right but they definitely they definitely try hard to to fix their mistakes as fast as possible so Shout out to them for fixing the Draven patch and bringing us to the Ezreal patch, which maybe what <laughs> wasn't uh, maybe not the, the best patch, but uh, I let's say let's break it down yeah, a little. Yeah, Nick and I, Mr. Mr. Tall and Gangly and, and Spicy Appies were the first two as believers on the server. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I played as all first patch. People were people were playing Orn constantly by the end of the patch. I was as every game. Yeah, you, you got you got me onto it. I will. I can't take credit for it because I was not an Ezreal believer at first, and I saw Appy's play like two games on it, and I was like, "Wait a second, this thing is broken." <laughs> it's, it was a three the three two augment. I, it was weird that people didn't quite realize how strong the three two augment was. It's so good, yeah. It's, it got nerfed, and it's still so good. Like. No, spoiler has got nerfed in this patch when moving off of as I still think as is very good um, mm. his 3-2 augment it gives it gave it now gives 10 gold but it gave 15 gold in two components in the reforger like huh yeah. <laughs> and then the prismatic gave you three components 18 gold I think and a lesser Nico and a, and a, <laughs> and a Nico a yeah lesser, it was yeah, pretty sorry, gross champion dupe yeah it just not a baby Nico. Not okay. Yeah. Baby Nico, exactly. Yep. Yeah, so well let's let's talk about like the Ezreal patch kind of at length a little bit because this is the patch that one you you climbed with for um snapshots and it's also the patch that you played on Frail uh, at, you know, you played on for Frailyord Cup. So yeah. Um, just to give like a short breakdown of like what this patch has been. Um, if any of you played set four and remembered like the four one lottery, it was kind of back to a certain extent. I mean, it was back. It was definitely the four one lottery for 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 at least like the majority of of the patch. It has felt like the four one lottery where everyone is trying to just fast seven roll down on seven for your four star um, carry your four cost carries largely, I think, because when they gutted Zeri, she became unplayable. Aphelios became, because he also got nerfed on top of Urgot, he he became a lot harder to play unless you had like certain conditions. And so as far as four costs go, you were either looking to high roll hitting infinite four costs playing Azir Lux, or 
you are looking to stabilize with a Yasuo and a Kaisa. And so everyone is blowing through all of their gold to race for that first two-star Yasuo over first two-star Kaisa, uh, which made it a lot harder to play like a fast eight style. So it, it became very narrow and everyone's kind of contesting these Ionia lines. Um, or at least that was the perception of it. So, I mean, I kind of want to leave, you know, open it up to you, Appies, to see like what your thoughts on, on the patch were. Yeah, the consensus was definitely that it was super narrow, right? Um, basically, like the, the running joke, I guess, is that like you can only play two comps. You can play Xerlux or you can play, uh, you play Kaisa Yasuo. Um, but there, there was like a lot of big shifts actually over the course of the patch. I think a couple, there were definitely a couple like really, really strong things that people weren't like weren't open to as much as they should have been. Like, like Noxus, for example, was absolutely insane and, and still is. Um, it was just, just very, very strong. There's like an auction reroll running around by the end of the patch that was very good as well. Um, there are definitely things you can play outside of the lottery, like the the four one, like hitting Kaisa, hitting Yasuo, is your luck stuff. Uh, but for the most part, like that's like a lot of games boil down to that for for most players, um, myself included. For like a lot of the like a lot of the start of the patch, I had a horrible time. I mean, I I was running it down like crazy. I was like I was like spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to not have to roll in four one, and it was just it was so bad. Like before the start, I want to actually I, I'll tell you this. I don't know if I told you this. Um, I think maybe I did. Then, so I, I ran it down so hard, I almost didn't actually make it into the tournament at all. I but did see what that. I do, yeah, normally what I do is I, I as I just like, I almost, almost always I qualify for day two, auto, like for mm -hmm. the, the second weekend automatically. Because it, it's, I, I sweat a lot for that because it's very like stress-free to just get the first weekend. And so I was like, I plan to do that for this too, obviously. And then I ran it down during Draven Patch. I was like, holy crap, I'm, I'm so low. Uh, and I, so I was like, okay, I need to get it back up so I can get to day, get to day three. And then I just kept losing. I kept I kept running it down as I was trying to figure out this meta. And uh, it got to the point where the night before, I, like, so I, I always stay up so that the patches are at 3 a.m. on Mondays. They're at 3 a.m. on Monday, EST. That's, that's when the snapshot, the patch, the snapshot. Um, that's the snapshot for the, the tournaments are. And so it was Monday at like 1.30 in the morning. And I always stay up to, to watch to make sure. And I was like, holy crap. Because I, I was like over the threshold by a little bit, and I was like, "Holy crap, people are actually climbing right now!" Because <laughs> people never climb that way. Like, mm. it never changes right beforehand a lot. But it was it was going up a lot right beforehand, and so I, I like okay, I was like, okay, I need to make sure I have time to play two games when I'm playing. So I dragged my ass out of bed at one thirty after being up for for like like fifteen hours that day, and I I played two games. The first game I went fifth. <gasps> it was. And I fell out of the range. Oh my god! No way! <laughs> I I went fifth. I fell out of the range, and it was the saddest fifth because like literally the game hinged on. I, I was playing hard for fourth. The entire game was one fourth, and I was guaranteed in. This guy, I needed to. I needed this guy to go fifth playing Zed. Right? I had, I had a ton of HP. I, I was top five. I had enough HP to go fifth or go fourth like pretty much every time. This Zed guy was way weaker than this Kaisa player. But he had the best fight RNG I've ever seen in my entire life. The fight comes down to a Z3 killing Erdo. Was that, sorry, it was a Kaisa 2. Erdo, sorry, the Kaisa guy I thought was going to die. Um, the Kaisa had literally one HP left. The set had one H. It just killed a set with one HP oh, left. Dude. And I was like, there is no way. So I went fifth. And I was like, holy shit. So it's, it's like 215 now. I'm like, okay, I have to play one game. If I bought for this game, I don't get to play the first tournament of the set. 
<laughs> I told this story on stream and literally over like the course of an entire game the day after. It was it was very epic. It was in, incredible storytelling. Truly, everyone will agree with that. Uh, but I, I did it. I went second. I went second playing like the. I, I clutched up basically. I, I was like, holy was this, this was the tank Belveth thing. Is that what this is? Yes. Cause I, I came this in at the, the end of yeah. your tank yeah, Belveth yeah, yeah. story. Okay. Okay. Warmogs, Dequan, Warmogs, Dequan, Belveth. And the music starts. It was such a, so scary. I have watched you play TFT quite a bit, mainly on streams. I, I see what everybody else sees and you are the kind of person that like you don't you don't freak out when you lose like you hold it you 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 hold it together really well but sometimes i mean when you get upset like you never get upset like some other people get upset you know what i mean like there are some people in the scene that like are screaming and slamming their keyboard and like you know just flaming everyone in the lobby can you like I, i'm just trying to imagine myself getting fifth in that game I would have lost my mind. Like I would have freaked out. Did, did you actually like, just cause I never see you really that upset. Like what, what was it like? No, I was, I was too tired. I, I think I, I did go. I, I think I just like dropped an F bomb like out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like two o'clock in the morning, but it wasn't like, uh, I, I didn't like, I, I kept it together pretty. I got it together again pretty quickly. Like I, I have like thirty seconds of like, oh god, like it's so doomed. Like I'm, I'm right. Like, well, because it is then, a big deal. It's not like let's not let's not diminish yeah. this. Like if you miss the first weekend or the first tournament of the set, it it's makes it, it. It's so much harder to get to regionals. It like kills your chances. Yeah, and then, like that also just correlates very directly to like how well your stream is doing and how much money I'm. You know, it, it was like a it's a lot of pressure for one game. No, it is. That one game like decides a lot about my my. That one game decided a lot about my future with TFT, right? And like like the rest of the set, and it was it was terrifying. But I uh, I just I loaded up, and I will say I am not a very clutch person. I I really in 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 life in life I feel like I'm not a very Hmm. clutch person in life. I'm a choker too. TFT, yeah, we're (laughs) born to choke. Um, (laughs) uh, call me uh, call me. What what is who does Mango always say is a choker? Mango always calls someone a choker. Mm. Maybe it's Ludwig, actually. I need Maybe. To I don't know. Content for that. Uh, anyways, but when it comes to TFT, for some reason, I just clutch up. Dude, what I don't a beast. Know why. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I fucking clutch up in TFT, uh, which is weird because I'm not a clutch person. But so, I, I, yeah, I went second. I was like, holy crap, I can go to bed and not feel like the like a waste of space. <laughs> uh, oh, um, man. Yeah. Well, and then, let's. Let's yeah. Well, let's let's kind of follow this path then through. Wait, because was there something else we were? Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get um, into the actual Freljord Cup? Then I don't think so. Because Freljord Cup was where the meta really started to evolve as well. Yeah, I yeah. The, the, the patch felt very much the same until, well, I guess, like leading up to Freljord Cup, I I had like a, a, a like a meet, meeting with um, with Jim Ray, my coach from OPS, and and Bryce Blum, esports law. Um, we, we just had a little powwow, like a little meeting of the minds and I, after coming out of that, I was like, Oh, I am, I am, I'm actually okay now. I'm, I'm good to go. That was like two or three days before the tournament. That is um, so weird. I must've, did I have discord notifications off or <laughs> <laughs> so weird? I don't remember. 
I, actually, you know what? Sorry, this was all in my head. This was not bad. Oh, okay, okay. It might have gotten lost in the mail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the mail. It's the last time I ever give you any of my tech. Um, Bryce was also uh, so the big thing with Bryce and Frodan, the two like like I think they're probably the two most well-known casters in North America at this point. Mm-hmm. They're not casting this set. They they're, aren't they're co-streaming and competing. Um, and so they both played and they both ended up playing in weekend one of the Thunder Cup as well. So yeah, Bryce was like sweating. He, he was, he was like really trying to get, get it done and, and no spoilers, but he got it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the first time we've really seen Bryce compete in form, I should say, because he, he yeah. competed in set seven. But even then, like Bryce is always cramming to try and catch up. Yes. This was like the first I, I, I haven't say it again. The time constraints are always the killer for him. Yeah, exactly. I, and I, I haven't spoken with him um, this set, but like just even the amount of games he's played, I think he pl- he's played like when I checked, it was like 130 around snapshot time, I think, which for Bryce is like a ton of games yeah. like. Uh, and I know he said like the it was kind of a perfect storm that allowed him to play and prep as much as he really wanted. Um, but man, it felt good to see Bryce in form again. We haven't seen him really competing like this in set three when he was actually just like a competitor and not a caster. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to, um, you know, see Bryce in form and the fact that he made it to the final weekend. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I got to say, now that we're talking about Freljord Cup, I I could say this, that I'm actually going to be on the broadcast for Freljord Cup this weekend. So I and the best part is that I get to be on broadcast and two of my very good friends, Spicy Appies and Bryce Flum are going to be competing. It's good. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, to actually be able to talk about everyone. I will say the last time that I was on broadcast, you were in the tournament. It was set seven. It was Jade Cup, my first time ever. You were in the tournament, um, and I, I did poorly. I think it was the worst <laughs> tournament performance you've ever had in TFT, and I had to watch it firsthand. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh was, man! Jade Cup. Um, which one was Jade Cup? I remember whatever. Might have been. Might have been Jade Cup. Where like. Was it Jacob that was like the? Because I had one tournament last set that was the hardest tournament I've ever played. It Sorry, wasn't that. Played. No, no, no. Because oh, that was. was set eight. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Set, this, set seven. Set oh, seven. Jacob was set seven. This was. This was the patch that Rainplosion won playing Corky. If you remember that. Oh yeah, I do remember that patch. Yeah, I I That's think you went like sixtieth or something out of sixty four. <laughs> it was it was not great, but you know what? This weekend everything's going to change. You and Bryce are both making day four. It's going to be sick. You and Bryce heads up for top two. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, though, if like you and Bryce actually pop off and like I hope so. Go, get top eight? That would be I, so I sick. I believe. I, I will say um, that like I guess I can't talk for Bryce, but I'm feeling good. And also feeling like I talked about this. A, I thought I think like one of the things I think I talk about a lot in, in like any space is like how I feel about my relationship with TFT and whether it's like doing well or like I, it's healthy or like unhealthy. I think it was really unhealthy during that game where I had to go, <laughs> I had to go first or be out of the tournament. But in general, I feel like it's been, it's been so good. Like, I feel like I've found a way to like really figure out how to like, you know, when, um, you don't watch anime. 
Nope. Except for ping pong. Never mind. Oh, I've seen gonna... Is it from the up Naruto up to the tuning exams? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Is, Daily, remember? <laughs> is it when Rock Lee drops the training weights? <laughs> Basically, but no, not at all. Okay. I, know, I feel like I've, I've, able, I've been able to like become one with T. Uh, that sounds really weird. Become one with TFT. I, anyways, I, I feel like I've been able to like put tft in a really healthy place in my life while also thinking about it all the time um you were talking about before the podcast about how like you were in a spot where like, you think about tft all the time and so you're trying to cut that back a bit mm-hmm. um where i feel like because i, I kind of have to think about tft all the time to like stay relevant sure um and i feel like i've finally figured out how exactly to do that i you know i think like the end of last set i figured out how to do that and i've like implemented it really well now um so i think you know no matter how basically what i'm trying to say is no matter how it goes we can think it'll i'll be fine but i think i'm like I'm like peak form and like mental wise and play wise. So I'm excited. Well, and I think Bryce is looking good too. Let's talk about the first weekend because I also feel like this past weekend, I said this before the podcast too. This is why we need to stop talking before the show. We lose all the, all the best stuff, but this is the first time I felt like you played like you since, since literally set six um, for anyone who didn't, well, actually you should talk about your games. Don't let me recap them, but you had some really, really cool games this weekend. I feel like you should probably talk a little bit about what your weekend looked like. Yes. I think well, we can, we can put it in, in terms of like the meta changing. Right. Um, cause I think the, the meta going into this tournament was, it looked very, very one note. Um, and then I think as the tournament, at least it, this is my change with it. I think it was for a lot of people is that like the meta kind of evolved through the tournament so that there were like, there were like a lot of edges to be found. Mm. Um, so for example, I played uh, 10, I think like Jim Ray even said, I played Gwen carry 10 games out of 12. <laughs> Which nobody, uh, like people aren't playing Gwen like that, like on this patch, they really are playing towards Gwen. Yeah. They're, they're like yeah. playing towards other stuff. And then, um, you know, and like, like I didn't, I didn't even realize that till game, like game one of the tournament. Um, this was the game. This is probably my favorite game of the tournament. Um, and I, at least the first weekend, where I, like, played this... I was, like, like in a spot where, like, I could have just slammed Ionia Spat, like, hard force Kaisa Yasuo, and, and, like, if I hit, I win. If I miss, I'm dead. Um, and I bought four. And, and then I, like, I, so I decided not to, not to slam, and I waited, and then I played, like, some weird, like, a, I got, like, a bunch of swords, which was really awkward, and I played, like, some Aphelios Gwen board. Uh, I high-rolled a lot this game. I hit, like, a spat off... Uh, I hit, like, a tome off creeps, and I got, like, a fawn, because I had a spat off carousel enough but um basically i played a really weird board that worked out really well and i won the game and i was like wait this gwen like this gwen unit like i can play her in a lot of different spots um and it kind of clicked that like i could just make boards this patch that, that i didn't think i could make and then like there was cause i don't think i had like a i had definitely had some really high roll games this tournament like i think that was one of them i think game two was really high roll i think like the last two games of the final day were pretty high roll but I feel like outside of those games, uh, my games are relatively low roll outside of maybe like one game. Like I, honestly, like relatively low roll is like, like pretty low roll. And I was able to just find spots out because I was willing to play around things that people weren't really playing around, which I guess is like the return to form thing. But people, and that's, that's where people would find their edges, right? Like I think Bryce was doing a very similar thing, just like finding these outs that people weren't thinking of. Mm. Um, I didn't watch too much of like Emily Wang who won the, the first weekend or... Um, and so the players who did did really well uh, as well, but I think that was like the general consensus going in was that it was like super one note and it was going to be like a lot like you know four one lottery if you miss you're dead. And then coming out, at least how I felt was like holy crap! Like this 
this was like way more open than I thought. And, and there were more lines than, I, than we all thought. Um, so it was, it was a cool tournament. Yeah, kind of I, I, honestly, I so I the the majority of what I watched was your POV, which I do think kind of skews. If if someone only <laughs> watches you, you you kind of get like a sick perception of what's actually going on because it's just not it's not it's not what everyone else is doing. But the the thing I came out of watching the event with was yeah, like you're saying, is that it's not like let's not pretend that Yasuo and Kaisa weren't strong. Like they were very very <laughs> strong, and if you hit. You're going to you're going to do well. But I love what you're saying, where it's like you're you were able to find edges that people weren't looking for. And I think that's like what makes you such a special player to to a lot of people. And so it's something that I think a lot of people really respect you for. Um, and it sucks that it feels like we haven't really seen that from you in in like the last couple of sets. I mean, set set eight, like I know you've talked a I lot about it. Yeah, I played pretty well set eight. I think, yeah, yeah. You just had you had a really hard tournament, uh, uh, and then you you did have like a, a strong performance at the um, the final cup. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not it's like up. it's not like you haven't shown up at all, but it's been a while since I think we I've been able to watch you, and it feels like oh no, this is set six appies, and I feel like even if it forget what happens this upcoming weekend, <laughs> like. I think that you actually were able to capture that magic this past weekend, and it was really cool to see you, you know, back in form. And at the end of it, you I, I'm looking at the stats right now. Um, you tied for seventh on like the total AVP of the weekend. Nice. So it's like, yeah, oh, no, it was, a, it was a good weekend for you. So and you know what? Shout out to Juku, who also tied for seventh, but did not make it oh. to the second to the final really? weekend. He lost the state two thing. He yeah exactly. He lost the tiebreaker to Bryce to to right, make it in. So yeah. there is still a world where he gets it in. I told him because I saw him last night and I said someone's got to pay it forward. He gets it in. <laughs> <laughs> no, did I say that? Oh. Yeah, he gets it in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't have pointed that out. I like, no, you oh, shouldn't I, have pointed that out. You totally shouldn't have pointed that out. <laughs> anyway, I said that I hope someone pays it forward. He, so that someone owes him for uh, you know give, him giving up his mid set finale spot. So I think uh, I think it's J D Zlinski is number one on the wait list, and then Juku's after him. So fingers crossed. I don't want to say fingers crossed because obviously you don't want anyone to lose their spot, but you know. Yeah. If GQ makes it in, that'd be it feels bad to be seventh overall on AVP and not place in the, the top 32 yeah, on the weekend. That is a shame. That's like like echoes of like Kevin in set four. Or not set, sorry, set five. Set, um, set six. Was it set six? Yeah, it was Zon, uh, Zon Cup, right? So it was oh, you're right. Yeah, it, was, it was Zon Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where it was, uh, he went like, what, four, four? Like, he went like one, 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 like four, <laughs> four, four, four five, insane. Yeah, it was yeah. something like that. It was. That's yeah. So gross. Yeah. Um, no, so, it was a good weekend though. It was fun. It was really, really fun playing TFD, which was a nice change of pace from some other sets. So Yeah, and I so now the other thing is we talked about the Ezreal patch last night. They came out with the C patch, which Yes. It's been a while. Like I can't, I can't think of like the last time there was a C patch. This doesn't happen that often, right? Uh it, last time it happened was like like what uh july 10th 2023 i think <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since it's happened for sure it's, yeah, it's yeah. Some set seven bullshit or something and so, so now with the c patch it was nerfed to ezreal because everybody was playing 
Ezreal. Actually, I saw I saw the stats, the legend stat of weekend one, and there were 1,048 games of Ezreal. And in second place, there were 48 games of Poro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay, one of the, one of my lobbies was someone playing Poro in Glass Industries. That was they went eighth so, so fastest eighth of their life seven the people fastest. playing Ezreal like you, just, you couldn't risk it because you can't just randomly like you if you didn't play Ez and you got Glass Industries you were going bot two right and if you go like if you just just have to hope that like you don't get Glass Industry because like, the thing is if you get one Glass Industries game while playing non Ez like your tournament is it hurts so bad like it gets hurt so much for like very little reward because you're not playing a better legend than Ezreal yeah that's right. like a trade off you're playing a worse legend than Ezreal while also going eighth as soon as Glass Industries comes up. Because you know every Ezreal player sitting on it, just praying that someone... In my lobby, I, I wasn't sitting on it at first. I was sitting on it. The other one was someone else. I was like, wait, this guy's totally not playing Ezreal if he's not sitting on Glass Industries. So I just moved over to Glass Industries. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? So, Shout out to um, the one Vagar player and the one Bard player. Who both went pot four in the in, in in their game? Yeah, yeah. The Vagar player went seventh, and the Bard player went fifth. But you know what? Shout out to them for trying. Didn't TK do well? Actually, I thought it's like two TK players went like. Yeah, there were there were four TK games with an AVP of 50 percent all top fours and fifty percent win rate. Woo! Yeah. Data says everyone should be playing TK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big sample size on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a true stat. Um, but yeah, you know what? I felt like I don't, overall, I, th- I felt like the first weekend of Railyard Cup was significantly better than what I think people thought it would be when the patch started. You know what I mean? Which brings us to something we've talked about so many times, which is um, the length of patches not allowing for innovation and everybody just copies what everybody else is doing. And whenever we have these long patches, I do feel like by the end, they become significantly less degen than at the start, right? Yeah, that that three week patch or that like month long patch where it was like the Jax whatever into uh, the Jax Yumi patch, mm-hmm. like set eight, right? Best, that one. Yeah, that was the best I've been at TFT after four weeks. Like that that patch was ins- like when it settled, it was so good. And like honestly, I think last patch also just settled really well. like uh, the thing that the C patch. I think a lot of players are we can, we'll get into this, but a lot of players are a little upset about it because they've been prepping so hard for yeah these, these tournaments, it, being told that there was gonna be no patch. Um, there was, there's reasons to have to patch race. Right? There's like a, uh, a set bug that people were abusing. Um, we won't get into because yeah, there's something for attention, but, yep. um, but yeah, I like, they ended up doing a lot of balance changes with it as well. Or they, as got nerfed, um, Kaisa locks both got nerfed. Um, and so because of that, the meta has shifted quite a bit after the C patch. And now it's like a little, yeah, to learn the game again. <laughs> Did the Lux nerf surprise you at all? It actually, the the Lux one actually surprised me, to be honest. Uh, I don't think it was too too surprising. I think it did two things. One, it made blue buff slimble because now blue buff is better than Shojin on Lux. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is that like, I think if you nerf Kaisa and you don't nerf Lux, then like Azir Lux just goes crazy. This patch um, just goes like, and I don't think you nerf Azir because Azir is a bad unit. Even on his own board, he's a bad unit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe you nerf like Jarvan or something as yeah. instead. But I think like I think Lux was not 
a terrible idea nerf. Because like also like six sorc stuff is gonna start getting played a lot now that like it's a three cost reroll meta. Spoiler alert that changed to a three cost reroll like two and three cost reroll meta. So now mm-hmm. Velcos getting rolled a lot. And, like if Lux was really, really good in that, then like it just I can see it being way too much. So they haven't they haven't said what they're doing next patch yet, right? Like we don't know exactly what the shape I of next patch would think, look like. I think Morton dropped a couple patch notes actually. I know the training dummy is getting fifty AD. So that when it rolls dead eye spat off of uh off of a uh, wandering trainer or whatever, wandering, whatever it's called, that, that personality log, man, it can now actually proc dead eye. Like it autos? It autos. Or no, it doesn't auto it. Like, get but like does the dead eye. Well, like the, yeah, the, the dead, dead eye proc is an auto, right? Isn't it? Or no? Technically, technically it's an auto. Yeah. yeah. But it's not, like it's an auto, but it's an auto. Wait, know, does like, dead eye proc, proc runans? Yes. Huh. It procs rage blade as well. I, I'm like 95% sure it procs both. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wait, that's kind of sick. I have not taken Wandering Trainer. I don't have. I'm too afraid. Have you? Have you taken it? I didn't think. I think they might have changed it as well in this patch and made it. I've never taken it, but I'm pretty sure they made it roll better in the C patch. Um, if I'm not mistaken, either that or in, is in. Like I think they made it so that the the spats roll better. Either that or they do it in the next patch. I swear I've seen some kind of. Like they'll um, synergize with each other a little bit better? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Hmm, I, I did see Dish Soap roll Bastion Void Sork Spat on one today, which, I mean, I don't know how that would happen if it was a little. Gross. What on <laughs> earth? That's so unfair. It's like three um, fawns. Yeah, I right, know. It was. It was I, I think they changed that. There might be something that's next passion. It was just like a high roll moment, but. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, no, it's it was a it was a big C patch. It was actually like it was very meaningful. The meta shifted completely in the last couple of days. I'm not like there's you're you're still seeing like Lux's ear and like Yasuo Kaisa, but you're seeing a lot more like Zed reroll, Jinx reroll, uh, Uction reroll, Callista reroll, Velcaws rerolls everywhere as well. There's yeah. just a lot of contested rerolls. Noxus as well, obviously. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like once. Once you have one three three cost reroller in the lobby, then it's easier to hit for every other three cost reroller in the lobby, right? So it's it, it's one yeah. of those things where, like, it can be because the units are strong or the comps are strong, but it also can it, it's it's kind of driven more by players. I think like I don't think that three costs being strong in the meta necessarily means that four costs are weaker, but if there are three people rerolling three costs and like Velkaz is being rerolled, Akshan's being rerolled, Darius is being rerolled, Katarina's being rerolled. Like it just, it, it makes sense. Like the EV of, of playing three costs goes up as long as you're not contested. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's one of those interesting meta things where it doesn't actually indicate a balance issue. I don't think it indicates more like player yeah. preference. You, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but you know what I'm trying you to get at? Argue that with the Draven thing too, right? Where like Draven technically wasn't, it was a balance mm. issue, but only when everyone takes it. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's a weird, similar, like weird, similar situation. I, um, I think the big problem with this patch is just how contested these lines. Like I have never seen more people say like me, something slash mute. <laughs> or like slash deafen and then like they get contested like people are contesting each other like crazy um it is hard to play cops right now and be very vigilant about what people can play do you ever wonder if um i don't i don't want to go into like the whole stats rabbit hole but like they have like the fact that stats exist have to play a major role in people just 
choosing the same thing, right? Like, yeah, like you, yeah, like the the Draven patch. You're right. Like it's something that's it's that's not really talked about. But the only reason Draven was so good was because literally everybody was doing it. If there was right. only one Draven player, it wouldn't have worked. If you know, there was everything in the lobby just went TK and open forward, that Draven player would go fast eighth. <laughs> right. They just wouldn't, like, no one, they just say no one played units in this universe, right? The Draven player gets no value, just dies. And let's say everyone's playing, I was playing people in the lobby are playing like Ezreal and getting a lot of board strength immediately um, off of items and just like getting super strong. Draven can't just donkey roll, uh, like, like go seven on three, two and just win fights and get money because they're just weaker. They don't have combat augments. Yeah. Um, because everyone's playing Draven, it became this thing where like everyone was just, and I don't even like a lot of the argument is that like they needed to play, like, like it made the four cross a lot easier to hit, which is true. But I don't think that's the big thing. It was just that like, um, it was just that because people all were playing, trying to play the game the exact same way, whoever high rolled on two, one and had a stronger board, just won out. Um, mm. and you know, people didn't want to miss out on that. Right. They, they didn't want to some like FOMO of, of, oh man, I should have played, I should have played Draven this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's weird weird yeah there's a lot to be there's a lot to be talked about um i feel like when it comes to stats and stuff we actually do have a caller so i yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and bring them in they've been waiting in the waiting room for a little bit discord does this thing now where if you're streaming it because of the way they change the discord names you can't actually see the full names of people do you know what i'm talking about if you have streamer mode on so I'm pretty sure I know who this is, though. I'm pretty I'm going to bring them on now. And I'm pretty sure that this is Mr. Incredible. Right. Is that if I remember the, the profile picture. Correct. Nice. All right. Well, Mr. Incredible, thanks for joining us. Where are you calling in from? What do you want to talk about? All right. Calling in from Florida. Everyone's right. favorite state. And I mean, you, you've been talking about it for the last you know 10 minutes or so, but Basically, um, we've we've seen a like Epi said a, a pretty big meta shift in the last I don't know twenty four hours. Um, obviously, Ramblin had tweeted something along the lines of he didn't like the the tournament meta over the first weekend, and then we see Milk tweet uh, I don't know twelve hours ago or something that all of the stats on the four costs are below four point five, and that all of the reroll units are are doing well. Um, so I was just wondering. Mostly for Appies, but obviously Gangly, you can you can chime in. What is your ideal tournament meta? Like, what do you want to see being played most? Do you like leaning into the higher cost units? Do you like when all these reroll lines are playable? I um, I mean, I think I'm the kind of player where like the situation I do best in is is when everything is viable, right? Like three cost rerolling, four costs. Um, like I think like set like early set six was was a big example where like there were so many playable lines and like nothing was super out of line and there there were like a lot of ways to go. Like I think if I had to, because it's never gonna be like that, right? And the game is never gonna be balanced enough where like everything is playable at once. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely prefer. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird, but I, I prefer like higher cost metas, but mo- not like like four one donkey rolling metas, like like stuff where like you can you can roll instead of you have to, but you can also like go eight, right? Um, like, like kind of uh, level eight metas where you can like, there's like more room for aggression on like three, two and like as well on four, one, you can kind of push advantages if you want to, but also like people are just going eight. I think that's my favorite kind of meta. Like the three cost, like everyone rerolling metas, just, I, I don't, I, I reroll a lot cause I just play weird shit sometimes, but um, 
I don't love it when you have to reroll stuff because you just like you're forced to hit. You know, like you have like once you commit to rerolling, like you have to hit that one thing or you you don't do well. Where like when you're going seven, you're going eight. You can actually you hit a like you just open to like a lot of different things at once, and then just like there's like less you have to hit of one specific thing. Um, so you get stay open for longer, but. Yeah, I feel like it. Um, it's hard to kind of disagree with like the general idea of if ever, when everything is viable, then it's the best. Um, I do feel like I'm trying to think of an ex- an exact example. The the things that come to mind, I feel like, are often uh, in set four. Um, because set four was kind of an interesting spot where there was a period of time where it was literally just four one lottery, right? But then they changed the odds, yep. and I remember distinctly there was this there was this period of time where Soju in like set three, set four was still kind of like I don't want to say the pioneer of like the fast eight, but he was kind of like the figurehead of like the fast eight and company, where it's like just go eight and play all the broken units, right? Um, but at the same time in set four, I remember. Robin, who was also very successful in in competitive um, back in set four, was like zero gold level seven every game. Um, And that's that's pretty cool because I I mean, I talked about this a million times. I think everybody knows, but like I really love when um, players are able to express individual play styles and still find success in their own ways. Like, I don't think that every single player needs to be. I want to play eight and I want to hold a bunch of different units and play the craziest lines. Um, I think that there is like a certain level of like entertainment value, even in just like knowing that Robin is like building out a game plan and come for one, he's going to, he's going to act, act on it. And then, um, you know, then you kind of know exactly where the game is from there versus someone like Appy's. that's like, Oh, we're just like going to go on this little journey together and wherever we end up, we end up like, I think that there's like a certain level of, of entertainment in both of those things. Um, and I think like Appy's saying, like, oh, this is a very roundabout way of saying, like, I agree with what Appy's saying, that <laughs> it's when everything is viable. But, I, you know, I think like contextually, like it's not to me, not just about like um, having enough comps to play. I, to me, I feel like the real value in tournaments is when the, the, the meta is wide enough that individual players can find success playing very differently than each other because that's like the magic of tft that like people always say like it doesn't really matter if you're right or wrong as long as you can justify your reasoning for something that's what makes tft feel so like uh, approachable and accessible to people because you can kind of find yourself in our gigantic pool of of top players like the one that you want to be like the one that you feel like you want to emulate in some way um and in metas where like everyone's just rolling on four one to hit whatever they're going to hit it does feel like we lose a little bit of magic so even though this met this this meta ended up being less narrow than we originally thought to me the the fact that like the lines might have opened up a little bit more by Freljord Cup is good, but the tempo was very narrow, if that makes sense. Like, the, everybody yeah. had to play the same tempo. And to me, I actually feel like that is, in a way, just as bad as the lines themselves being narrow. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, Yo, curious, yeah, if you want to give your, your thoughts, Mr. Incredible. Yeah, I mean... It- I, I definitely, uh, it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to disagree with uh, being able to play more lines is bad. You know, like, obviously you want to play as many lines as possible. Um, I I sort of enjoyed watching the the meta 
I, I didn't love the four one that rolled a zero every game, but I did like Appies was playing Gwen a lot, like like you said. Um, the auction line was definitely playable and an underplayed uh, pre-patch and obviously is going to be played a lot more now that the other three costs are going to be really contested. Um, so I would have liked to see maybe just a slight nerf to uh, maybe the Ionia line and then and just and just see how that plays out. But yeah, I, I, I don't know how, how I'm going to feel about it until I really see it play out this weekend. But I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of players just like, <laughs> like Hafiz was saying, just typing, I don't know, Zed Defin like immediately. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that, we see yeah. Zed specifically a lot. Yeah. So, if it devolves to that, I, it might be just as uh, as painful to watch your, your favorite streamer <laughs> miss as it was on, on 4 1 instead of, instead of on 3 2 now. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, sure. uh, I, I, I would like to see set six was my first set, so I, I'm sort of spoiled in that I, I came in at a good time, and it hasn't. I think it's quite lived up to it, but I, I have been enjoying set nine a lot, and and I think that they're definitely taking steps in the right direction, especially with the uh, the legends and the portals. How they're adjusting portals in this upcoming patch seems really nice. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens, but yeah, I'm a little nervous for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be tough. Um, and it's, it's hard because like we were saying before, it's like once people start all just kind of handshaking that everyone's just going to play a three cost, it's really hard to break out of that. I think, right? Like, um, I'm trying to think like, actually in my head, it's kind of hard to picture, exactly what that means like does that actually make it worse for a player who is playing four cost doesn't that actually mean that people could just fast eight again well i is, think yeah go ahead please. that's what i was gonna say the thing is that three cost matters are almost like the most toxic to be centralizing because they're strong mid games and late games because like, like if you go for a level eight or like a level seven roll down and you don't two star your four cost the, the two star auction is destroying you the yeah. two star darius is destroying you the two like right these two star three costs they found like three two like you can't play for like like playing for like a fast seven is super risky because you have to hit everything otherwise they're going to be stronger than you still and then they're stronger than you again once they hit their three star units which it, like three cost matters can definitely be very like the aggression involved with them can be very very Rough. I mean, people. I will say people are taking like a little bit more conservative approach though to the three cost you're rolling this patch. Where, like they're often just like sacking till four one and like rolling on seven for their two star three costs uh, instead of like looking for them on early stage three. So there's a little bit of edge to be found there probably, and like it hasn't gone full blown like aggro degen mode yet. But um, I, don't know. I have yeah. also seen some people playing uh, Asol this patch, so we'll see. Okay. I don't know how much of that is going to translate in tournament. It was right. not very successful on the first week in a frail yard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll see. But I know like I, I know Kiyun has been spamming that on ladder. So I, I don't know. I don't know how many fast nines we're actually going to see on the second weekend of the frail yard cup. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. going to try TK because of the stats for a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> days. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it a go. Oh, I'm down. All right, Mr. Incredible. I think uh, we're going to move on to the next yeah. caller because we have we've got one more appies. But um, if you want to. Yeah. Let, is there anything you want to shout out before you go? Uh, no, I mean, just shout out to appies and, and Bryce for doing well. Weekend one. I'm excited to see them play 
weekend too. Bryce, yeah. Bryce, if you didn't watch Bryce's run, it was it, it was getting really nerve wracking. Yeah. See, he, he needed to go. He needed to go six, seven. Or six, he needed he to like. He was at twenty five points going into the last two games. Need to be at twenty eight. Right to get through. well, technically 29, 29 is only like a very safe spot, and 28 is a sometimes spot. And he, he went, went seven, eight, eight. seven. <laughs> but he had Dude. the best tiebreakers out of all the people at 28. <laughs> I, I came in at the lo- the last game, so I kind of missed the the drama of the second to last into the last. But oh my goodness, I cannot even imagine how horrible that would feel. Yeah, they were, to lose they were that. sort of repeats of each other. He he was playing pretty openly the whole weekend and then he just was in good spots to play Yasuo early in the game you know like either he had like a, a plus one with upgraded Ionia units or whatever it might be and then he just didn't hit on his initial roll downs and, and just bled out to eighth and seventh so oh, uh, I don't think it was I don't think it was poorly played I think it was just you know he ended up playing a line that if you miss you're gonna do really badly and he, and he, and he missed but yeah excited to see both of you play this weekend uh, Thank you. and and hoping for the, the weekend runners to to show up. Yeah, I'm here for it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time, Mr. Incredible. All right, Bryce thanks. And I See you. Had, we had exact opposite last day or last games. He went eight seven. I went one two. Oh, nice. <laughs> Let's go. Squad, but yeah, dude. What if that happens this weekend? You guys have like complete opposite scores. I know, but it's like, be dope. he was like one, one before that. I was going like eight 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 before that. So perfect. Yeah, lines up. All right. Let's bring in our next caller. And Beppo is here. Beppo, oh, Beppo. where are you calling Hello. from? Oh, where, where I'm calling from? Uh, yes. Oh, oh, Washington State. Oh, oh nice. Oh, West Coast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Beppo, first of all, it's a pleasure to to actually speak with you. This is uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty dope. Um, <laughs> like, oh, but, but, sorry to interrupt, but it's, but it's like. Uh, like I, I've known Effie's for a while, but I think it's the first time I've ever like. Yeah, I've never actually talked. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. All right, well, yeah. Beppo, what do you want to talk about? So uh, the question I asked—it's kind of a general question, not related to the current meta, but just um, still TFT related—is uh, what is your definition of flex? Oh, that's a good question. That's a that's a good ass question, Beppo. Sheesh. Yeah. I have a really good answer to this. Okay, go before. for it. Go yeah, for it. yeah, go you it. go for it. Yeah, I um. So as I get this. I this is like the, my my go to like like speech and coaching when people because people really like to try to play flex. So flex is a buzzword, right? It's uh people toss around all the time in TFT and like no one really knows what it means. I think the general consensus or like the like if you were to like like consolidate all these little ideas what flex is into one you know, generalization is it's like flex is playing anything from any spot, right? That's, that's, I think that's like the general player's idea of what flex is, but what flex actually is, is it's playing anything from the right spot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's not playing anything from any spot. It's playing anything from the right spot because, you know, and that, that's why like you can be a very flex player and be committed to a comp on two, one, you know, you don't have to like leave yourself open. You lose because obviously like, like with, with direction, you gain tempo and, and like with, breadth of comps you can play like you lose tempo right because you're not selling items you're not you're, you're buying more um you're, you're you're buying more units from your shop etc um so yeah i think like like flexibility is being able to play anything but being able to play anything like being able to recognize the right spot for anything really is what it is that's my opinion i don't know that i have like um 
a super good answer. I do have this theory about flex and maybe I'll, I'll be able to kind of build out a different definition of it afterwards that I, I have this theory that flex the way people want it to be is just not viable anymore. I think that it used to be, but so many times when people think of flex, I feel like the conversation always comes back to the same thing, which is back in set set four, mismatch socks was the most flexible player in the world. He could play anything front line, back line, any items didn't matter. I honestly think that the reason that that was the case that that socks could top four consistently playing random boards with random items was actually that the player gap, like the 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 gap in player skill in set four was so much larger than it is today that I actually think like if you remember back then, like it was it was actually pretty easy to not go eighth in any like given ladder game because you are guaranteed to have one or two people who are just co super confused, who have no idea what's going on. They get like really dizzy. And because we don't have stats or like comp lists the same that way that we had it today, they just like get dizzy, they fizzle out and they go eighth. Like the average skill of any given lobby was much lower because there was a higher chance that somebody would just flame out. So I, I think of like, um, if you had to rank, all right, let me, hold on. I'm going to try and do this and I hope it makes sense. And maybe someone can kind of translate, but like, let's say that, um, in order to top four on average, your board out of a hundred needs to score a 75 or a 50. We'll use 50 literally it has to score a 50. And if you can make a board strong enough that on average is a 50 out of a hundred, you will top four. I think that nowadays, if it used to be 50 back in set four, that number has gone up drastically. And those boards that Sox would have made that are like 55 or 59 now are going to bot for in today's in today's ladder because the average player skill is better and the average um, the average like power level of a comp that is going to top four is going to go up. I don't know. If, I don't know how people feel about okay. that. That's 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 my hot take about playing flex, and that's why I think it's it's never going to exist the way that it used to. I I genuinely think it will never exist the way that it didn't set four. Is is it because of uh oh? Is it because of like as you said like the stats, or is it like augments or a combination of all of that? I I think it's I think it's a combination of of stats for sure because like when I started playing TFT like trying to play in set two. And I was literally just like a random silver player. And I looked up some stuff on TFT. I watched a couple of Scaravods and like instantly I was able to climb because and I and I hit masters very, very easily in set two. Not because I'm like some savant of TFT. It's because like people sucked at the game. Like if you knew any amount of knowledge of the game it was very, very easy to climb. And with every set, more people know what they're doing. And so to me, I just feel like with the with the addition of stats, um, it's so much more accessible to get the information that's needed to build a strong board. And like same thing with augments, it's like there's so many different things going on in TFT and TFT at some level, like you can just knowledge check your board, uh, your, your opponents. Like if you know more about the game than the other people in your lobbies, you are on average going to perform better because you know more spots, you know more lines and you know more outs. But nowadays, I, I really do think that that's just harder to do, which to me feel makes it feel like flex play is just never going to exist in the same way. Oh, yeah, I see. I, I think it's also just like 
on top of like people having stats now, people are also just better at the game. Like DFD has come into its own a lot more as like a competitive experience, and people are you know like the average. I think you know the average challenger player now would probably win you know, you know as many tournaments as they'd probably be the best player in any tournament. You know, four sets ago, it's set four. Um, you know, take any challenger player, and I'm thinking almost only be the best player in the tournament um, from Ooh. today. I think players have gotten That's a lot better. Yeah, I think players have gotten a ton better. Like the average player in TFT is much better now because again, it's just it's gotten bigger. Like like it's become a much more robust scene in terms of, of skill level, really at the top. Um, so, yeah. We actually we're gonna we're gonna wrap up after this this call, okay, okay. but we actually had someone want to call in and discuss it with us, uh, and and then Beppo before well, let me bring in Blind now because Blind wants to talk about it. But Beppo, I'm gonna throw it back to you first because this is your take. So I'm curious to hear oh. your thoughts on this. Oh yeah, so, so so this question came up because I'm I remember when Kerm was a guest on the Don't Talk If You Don't Know podcast, and Kerm and um, Bryce were were arguing back and forth uh about like what's the definition of flex kerm had the definition of just being open to many comps so if you know like let's say there's 20 available comps in the meta you know all 20 comps you're pretty flexible whereas uh mm-hmm. bryce would argue like similar to the socks version of playing flex where it's like you're being with the you're being able to play uh whatever at any given time so i remember socks playing like uh oh god I forgot the trade but it was like gin plus like whatever the trade ergot had at the time <laughs> similar what, to that in, in what set what set set six oh oh uh oh uh, chemtech chemtech it was a chemtech yeah, yeah he's playing a chemtech emlin gin yes yeah, yeah he's playing a chemtech emlin gin and that's like that's a that's a definition of playing like flexible like you hit a gin too right right emblem. Yeah. whereas with kurum kurum is saying like even if you commit to a comp on two one, the fact that you were open to any yeah. comp before you loaded in makes you flexible. Um, which, to be honest, though, that isn't that just like a product of set seven and set eight. Like, yes, oh yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I think. Look, I think like it's a combination of both. Where right? I think so. What I said, right? Where it's playing anything, anything from the right spot. I don't mean play any comp from the right spot. I mean play anything from the right spot. Right? You can you can play chemtech spat gin if it's the right spot for chemtech spat gin. You can play, yeah, you know, the fucking, what was the NAR? Chemtech Blue Buff BT NAR if it's the right spot for <laughs> yeah, Chemtech yeah. Blue Buff BT NAR, right? It's, the thing is, is that it's like almost never the right spot. And so a lot of flexibility is, is intuited spots, I think. And that, that's like why it's such a, a interesting concept because it's like, I don't think you're flexible because you've studied, you've, you've studied, I've studied a lot of the, the, you know, the meta stuff, but I think a lot of flexibility comes from just understanding like unit strength and being able to like say, okay, and this, this, is like, this might be the exact spot where I can play, you know, six void, six yordle. It, it, maybe it is, or maybe it wasn't. Who knows? But you got to right. go for it. So This is the spot to play Assassin Callista. Shout out to Pakigam exactly. in the chat right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One too many Assassin Callistas on his board <laughs> in set five. Anyway, Blind, I know you wanted to, to hop in here. Welcome uh, welcome to the show. What do you want to say? Hey, thanks so much for bringing me on board. Um, you know, I actually wanted to ask a question earlier about what do you guys think about statistics and, and how uh, they're limiting the stat APIs? But I think this actually like ties in really nicely to the current conversation that's been going on. I'm actually willing to uh, to offer up the discussion point that I think this is a set where Flex is actually going to have a, a greater level in terms of probably close to what we see in like tournament play. I think now when you take a account like with uh, Legends, 
And that one's pretty used to augments right now. Like, I think there's this narrative of like, oh, let's just force whatever's strongest. Um, but without, you know, without the data, it's hard to really know, like, what's strongest or not. And we, we're entered in these scenarios where, like, I think what we saw with, like, Draven, Asriel, like, it is going to repeat infinitum, right? But I think what the interesting part is, is as we get close towards what ideal balance could be, I think really, like, finding your edge and, and figuring out what the counterplay is towards that, like, really does create a, a new scenario of, like, what does flex actually mean for, for this given set? Because you're right, like, it's... It's getting more competitive, it's getting harder, and and now I feel like everybody's so... I don't want to say the word spoiled, but everyone's everyone's so used to having stats and being current on, on what's, what's the cutting edge. Now we're entering a point where it's like Riot's taking that away, so let's see what everyone's up to their own devices. And um, just just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, because I mean, we have Appy's the, the Nartri god of innovation, right? And like, I think that playstyle of like really finding your edge and just playing whatever the game's really trying to give you i think that's really going to go to a new level for for this set is this the renaissance of flex i think yeah, so like I like generally i do think so it's, it's not a me yeah that, that is the title of this podcast the renaissance the, re the renaissance the renaissance of flex the renaissance <laughs> of flex because of so Whoa, it's a money maker right there Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, I, it's a good. It's a really good question. I, so, anyone for anyone who doesn't know, I don't actually. I think is it starting next patch at some point this month. I know they're 20th, going right the twentieth. They're going to be limiting stats websites, um, not allowing them to show augment data, uh, augment stats, or legend stats. Um, so this is going to be a gigantic shift in in the scene um, and. I, I I would love to be able to say that like it's 100% going to bring back flex play. I, I honestly like a part of me wonders if like it's going to turn into just like now whatever someone sees Soju or Dish Soap or Setsuko do on stream, they're just going to do that and just like assume that's the strongest. But then like you have four though, right? Yeah, They're I guess like, it was. Would, if Soju discovered anything, people would be slamming it on ladder. So, yeah. So I guess that is exactly how it would have been back in like back in the day, like even like set three, four or five. Right. Like it would have been a lot of people just copying. So do so maybe I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I don't know that I necessarily have a super strong opinion on it. Do you appies? No, I Beppo, do you? Uh, no, not, not really. I mean, I'd, I'd say like I, I think we're going to see that on steroids because now it's like with a legend, you can you can actually force. Right, like like the whole uh <laughs> like the whole tf meta the whole dragon meta like the the um, the ability to force in this set is so interesting which also at the same time like increases the level of counterplay question mark like I, I think what was really interesting is is the emergence of a uh, uh dragon king a soul in the midst of of like the draven patch where players were like i'm just not gonna let you kill any units and i'm just gonna go on seven and then roll down and beat you <laughs> <laughs> or lose to you or lose. Was, yeah like or like lose. it was kind of mean right but like as as we get closer to what balance homeostasis should be in, in theory right like was that the correct play i think uh i think a lot of this like exactly let's definitely play a similar way every game i think a lot of the issues with them so far like a lot of the metas that have been centralized around them have just been due to augment or to like imbalance in the legends um i think if they managed to like like actually get all the legends on like 
pretty much the same wavelength, you know, the same level of power. I think we'll see a lot of like, like Legend of Final will be just like, you know, pick the thing that matches your play style, which will be really, really interesting. Um, so. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, I remember before the set started, everyone was saying like, oh, at the top level, nobody's going to play, everyone's going to play Poro. No one's going to play a Legend outside Poro because in theory, all of the Legend augments are going to be weaker than every other uh every other augment that's like not offered through legends do you think that by the end of the set we're, we'll actually get to a state where poro is optimal to play um or or let me rephrase do you think it should be that way i think the i don't think it'll ever be quite like that because i think players will always have personal preferences i don't think like i don't think a lot of, a lot of people have gone back to poro this patch but so like me, for example, um, I, I will probably keep playing Ez just because I like like playing around resources the way Ez lets you play on resources, where even if it's like a little bit weaker, it still suits me slightly better as a player. Um, and I think people will, will realize that, you know, we're not robots. People can't play perfect games of TFT. And they're like, like in a perfect world, in a perfect world, the decisions you make in TFT are not decided at all by personal preference, right? By, by, by comfort level or by anything to do with the, the person playing the game. It's just all by probability and by like, what is the optimal thing to do here? But we'll never get there. And, mm-hmm. and it very much is still a part of the game. Like, I'm, like take something because you're comfortable with it, because you, you are, you play around those resources. Well, that is still very, very much a part of the game. and will be a part of the game for the, its entire lifespan. Um, and I think because of that, like Pora will never be like, it'll never be less optimal than other things, but it'll never be more optimal than other things either. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, that's really well said. And I think honestly, that's probably a good place to kind of wrap up this discussion, but Beppo and blind, thank you both for calling in. We'll start Beppo thank you, thank you. first. Is there anything you want to shout out? Uh, oh no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be talking, talking to both you gangly and happy at the same time. It's great. <laughs> All right. Well, Beppo, thanks for calling in. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. And then right. Blind, anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah. Shout out to both of you for for keeping this going strong. Uh, shout out to randomly any any TFT dev that's working that's listening to this and working on the game. Um, Max. Yeah. Like all, all the love. Like seriously, we we need more positivity for the devs. Agreed. Huge agree. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for stopping in for a little bit blind. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Bye bye. Yep. See you. All right. Well, I think that is a good place to 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 sign off for the day. I know we were actually trying to get out a little bit early and then we ended up going a little bit later anyway. So sorry about that. Silly. Oh, you're, yeah. you're good. It was a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. It was a good one today. So thank you, everyone, for watching. Um, we have just to kind of round it out with what we got going on. So number one, Freljord Cup coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 4 p.m. ET, 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, yes. But that's a, I believe it's the same time for both Saturday and Sunday. So you can catch yeah. me on the broadcast. You can catch Appy's on the broadcast and on his on his Ooh. personal stream. So make sure everybody needs to go support Appy's twitch.tv slash spicy appies i forgot your tag go for a watch second. nick be a host because it's gonna be that's, that's right yeah you have his stream on and then in between games you can come check me out i won't be on any of the actual games i'm just there to kind of chit chat in between he's like the so, blue keeping everyone together 
That's right. That's right. I just, yeah, I'm just there kind of sipping my tea and just kind of gossiping about all the players in between. So it's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just telling secrets. <laughs> uh, all that to say, oh, so other things, sorry, real quick. I also wanted to say, Don't Talk If You Don't Know also comes back this week. I believe it's on Thursday, but I don't want to say it. I've already said it, but let me find out exactly what day it is while I'm vamping. First uh, episode of Don't Talk If You Don't Know comes back July 13th. That's Thursday at 6 p.m. PT, 9 p.m. ET. You'll be able to see my power rankings. I'm not going to give the whole list, but I will say I have a spicy pick that I think not many people are going to agree with, uh, but there is a certain tri-state player who is relatively new, not rel- uh, yeah, relatively new in the last two sets, who I have top 10 that I think not everyone's going to not everyone's going to have. So uh, def- do you Wait, you can say if you think you know who it is. No, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. I'll just Perfect say it. I'm, I'm just going to spoil it. I, it's, I put Bosso at number eight. Oh, OK. Never mind. That was not what I thought. Blind says it's Bryce. No, I put Bosso number eight on my uh, on my ballot or no. Yeah, I know. I put him eight. So I am very, very interested to see what the reception is, because I don't I would be surprised if 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 many people put Bosso top 10. Um, But you know what? I believe in Tri-State. I think he's going to pop off. So we'll see. We'll see what happens anyway. Brailleyard Cup happens this weekend. Don't talk if you don't know. Happens on Thursday. Everyone make sure to go check all of those things out. Appies, anything you want to shout out or plug before we go? Your TikTok. Where can they find you on TikTok? <laughs> you can find me at GanglyTFT on TikTok. I have been making Let's some TikTok go. content the last month. <laughs> That's it? You don't have anything else I'm, to plug? Uh, Let's go more. All right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, Last. The only thing I do want to shout out or I guess plug before we go is everybody make sure to keep your eyes open on my discord. We are going to be announcing TC4 in the next hopefully in the next week. Really fingers crossed in the next week. And on top of that, not just TC4, we have some other stuff going on that I can't actually announce yet. But as soon as we can, I promise we're going to we're going to put it out there and we have some really, really cool things in the works. So definitely make sure you join my discord if you don't already. Um, you can find it in chat right now. Exclamation point discord. Or if you're watching on the podcast, I'll have a link in the description. So make sure you guys check all that stuff out. And I think that's about it. Thank you, everybody, for watching episode 14 of Hyrule Radio. Uh, this has been Nick Gangly DePasquale and Nick Spicy Appy's Divascal. <laughs> and we will uh, catch you guys next time. See you later. Jazzy.